Welcome back, everybody, to your ex-boyfriend's podcast, episode 53. I am laughing a little bit because I have now had to record this intro like six times because I, for some reason, can't get it together today. So if you hear the laughter in my voice, it's because I have said some version of the same thing um, six times now, and hopefully this is the one that works. So welcome back. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody who has come back to listen. I know the two-week gap between episodes now is a little bit longer than a lot of my return listeners are used to. Um, In fact, it's twice as long. (laughs) So thank you for being patient with the uh, double the length wait time between episodes. Um, Moving into old business. It's a more serious matter. Recently, I had a former guest on this show reach out to me and tell me that they had been the target of some harassment um, via phone. And the reason they reached out to me and let me know that was because after the incident, which we're not going to go into, but suffice to say was jarring um, in, in the amount of information that this person had. Um, after the incident, they, my, my, my guest was trying to figure out how somebody may have collected information on them. And one of those ways was through this podcast they reasoned, and correctly so, after we went back and looked, that their contact information, which was freely given to me, had been posted on the episode's page, on the website. So anybody who was listening to this podcast and listening to those specific episodes in which this person was a guest was able to get, at at very least a name and a phone number, and I believe an email address, all of which has since been removed. And for any of you who are going back through my episodes or who are listening for the first time, if you get up to somewhere in the mid 40s, I want to say mid or late 40s, and you see a two episode gap in which it goes, you know, there's seemingly numbers missing. That's why, because at the request of my guest, who is also a good friend of mine, we, I removed those episodes for safety's sake. Just so everybody knows, that's why they're gone. But what's more, I want to stress that if you are listening, whoever this person was that harassed my, my friend, um, if you could kindly go lay down in traffic, you'd be doing us all a favor. I don't know what possesses somebody to make them think that that sort of behavior is warranted. I really, it's it, maybe it's because I, I would never do that to somebody. I can't put myself in that mindset, but I do not understand how somebody could think that this type of harassment, very graphic, um, personal harassment. I don't, I I don't understand how somebody would think that that was a good thing to do. Um, so I guess all that to say, uh, fuck you (laughs) if you're listening and don't do that. I feel like, uh, why should I even have to be having this conversation or saying this stuff? Like, why? Please tell me why. Um, And if anybody who has been a guest on my show has received the same treatment, I would love to hear about it. If you have been the victim of any sort of harassment of any type and you think it's tied to this podcast, please let me know because the last thing that I want for my guests that I have on this show to experience is any type of you know n- negative 
feedback from the general public or my listeners or whoever. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want this podcast to harm you, my guests, in any way. So if you've been on the show and you've experienced this, please let me know and we can deal with it. And going forward, I really hope that this doesn't deter anybody from wanting to be a guest on this podcast. After this incident, I have definitely committed more of my brain power to, okay, well, what are we actually putting out there when I'm having a conversation with somebody? Like, what kind of personal information are we making public? And I think in general, we do a pretty good job on the show of, of censoring that. I know if you've listened to a lot of my interviews, there will be unexplained gaps in which I've cut some stuff out. It was all personal information. Or there'll be like um, like a censored um, static sound, essentially. And that's all for the sake of privacy, for the sake of safety. We don't want to give out personal information that would allow this sort of thing to happen. So coming back to it, I hope that any future guests feel safe coming on the show. And as always, if you want to have a conversation with me, if you want to be a guest on this podcast, I would love to to have you on. That's that. That's the old business for this week. So, what is this episode about? What are we going to talk about on episode 53? I actually had a lot of things on my mind recently. Smaller, well, I don't want to say smaller, less in-depth things. Maybe they could be given their own episodes, but I felt like we could do one and cover a number of different things. Also, the fact that we're doing releases every two weeks means that I can ramble about some of this stuff, and when this episode goes long, it's fine, because that's the format now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of be all over the place this week, or I, I should say this episode, since I don't do them weekly anymore. <laughs> so we're going to go into the mix bag. Uh, all of these topics are, I don't want to say new necessarily. I'm imagining that they fall somewhere in the last, you know, in 50 episodes that I did in a year. They're, they're you know, combined somewhere in there. Um, all these different topics are different on the surface, but they're kind of all tied to the title of this episode in some way. Working hard and keeping your eyes open. Starting off, I think we could use a quote, and I think we could use a quote from something um, new and sort of culturally relevant. The show The Mandalorian, it's a Star Wars show on Disney+. Plus. This is not an ad for Disney+, Plus, by the way. Um, it's got some good writing sometimes. Sometimes it's got really bad Star Wars writing, but sometimes it's really good. I was watching an episode the other day. And one of the more minor characters, secondary characters, said something that I had to immediately write down. And I think, really, it, it's one of the better characterizations of this podcast that I've ever heard. And I am bummed out that I didn't come up with it. <laughs> one of the characters says, to the main character, she says, persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. And for a line in a Star Wars TV show, I was understandably pretty impressed. I think what I have been trying to convey in as tidy of a nutshell as I can get it is that sentence right there. That is pretty much the whole point of this podcast. Hard work is important. Insight, self-awareness, those are important. But you have to have both. You have to be able to combine them to get the outcome that you're looking for. And persistence, a.k.a. hard work, without that awareness, without that introspection, without that critical thought, is just going to lead you down the same path that you've been going. And granted, it'll be with the best of intentions. 
it will be with the hope that something good comes out of it. But as we all know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And you've got to be able to understand and look deeper and look inward and outward to be able to guide that that workhorse, you know, that that drive that you feel inside to do something, to make a change, to be different, to grow, to progress, to do something productive. That needs a heading. You need a waypoint and that comes with insight. So, thank you Star Wars. <laughs> thank you whoever wrote that episode of I think it was the the Mandalorian um uh god what is it called book of boba fett <laughs> if y'all want to watch thank you to whoever wrote that because now that's going to be my tagline <laughs> anyway moving on let's keep that in mind persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome so what's the first thing we're going to talk about this week what's topic number 1 as I started back on this podcast after the five-month hiatus, part of that meant that I had to come back to social media. And for those of you who don't know, honestly, I don't even remember if I talked about it before on this podcast, so we're talking about it now. For anybody who doesn't know, I did a number of things to remove myself from social media some months ago honestly i don't remember when it was but i'm gonna guess like march or april i'm gonna guess april um i deactivated my personal instagram i removed instagram and facebook off of my my phone and those are the only two forms of social media that i participated in so there was like no twitter no pinterest no tiktok no anything like that that i had to worry about but um yeah i made it more difficult or with the case of Instagram impossible for me to engage with um, the the social media uh, world and just short side note here the reason that I did that was I felt like I already waste a lot of time doing things that I enjoy. And I I don't I don't mean wasting time in a bad way. You know what? I think I actually talked about this with Kate. Like I just I, I enjoy doing some things just for the sake of doing them. They're not productive. They're not they don't grow me in any way. They don't benefit other than the fact that it's a nice relaxing hobby. And social media was just something that had turned into a like a habit. It was just something you check for no reason, something you look at just to do nothing, something you have in your hand while you're shitting, <laughs> while, while you're on the toilet. Like, it, it wasn't anything good for me. So I, I disengaged. Um, but long story short, coming back to this podcast, when I started it back up, I re-downloaded Instagram, but just my podcast account so i am not logged into my personal account and just another side note i already feel like it's not great i'm probably going to take it off of my phone and then just do everything off of the desktop in my office as needed because really at this point what do i need it for every two weeks i'm going to make a post about an episode but that's a lot of extra whatever um coming back onto social media specifically Instagram, meant that, you know, I see what's, I don't know what you want to call it, popular, what the various algorithm type software, whatever's think that people want to see. And I, and I feel like coming back, it was giving me like a, another mixed bag of just, you know, here's a scatter gun of what we think people like at this moment one of the things that i saw which i then saw repeated which i have actually had reiterated to me in person by some people 
was this idea that having multiple relationships, and I'm using quotes here, <laughs> any type of relationship of any kind, having multiple in an arbitrarily too short amount of time makes you somehow lesser or less valuable, particularly when you are pursuing the next instance of whatever type of rela relationship that may be. So that may have sounded kind of confusing and I'm going to get very specific here and I think it'll make way more sense. So specifically what I have seen on social media, heard parroted back to me in person, particularly at work, and particularly in these cases by men, is if somebody has too many, and again, in quotes, too many um, romantic partners in a given amount of time, that it makes them less desirable or less valuable or lesser in any sense of the word. And I, th that could be romantic partners as in, you know, long-term, more serious relationships. It could be um, just casual, sexual in nature. Uh, it, it, I, I guess there is no distinction there when this opinion is being put out there. But just the idea that, you know, somebody who has had too many partners is for whatever reason lesser. Not only have I heard it in that context, but I've heard it again on social media and in person in the context of your job. As in looking at somebody's resume, if you have too many employers in a given amount of time, and I don't know how many that is. I'm, I'm sure it differs depending on who you talk to, but how many, like, how many would be too much, right? How many employers in 10 years is too many? Um, and then extrapolating out from that, past the romantic sexual relationships, past careers, jobs, whatever, some people are even on the same page as far as friends or hobbies. Like, are you running through friends? Is your friend group too big? Do you have too many hobbies? And specifically where that's concerned, like the things that you enjoy to do, you hear a lot of negativity from uh, enthusiasts, <laughs> a.k.a. hobby cultists, right? God, that's a hard word to say and make sound good. Cultists um, who think that you're having multiple interests multiple things that you enjoy doing without specializing in any of them, without making any of them your personality, makes you, you know, a fair weather fan or a filthy casual. <laughs> to quote some of my own very good friends, a filthy casual. Um, and honestly, this is one of the most confusing things I have encountered on my return to social media and in the last couple months, like, I just don't get it. First off, I want to know, where is this even coming from? Like, who thinks this? We can sort of discount, I guess, influencer type people, like, they're trying to influence, duh, right? That's It's in the title. It's in the name. But like, who, I, I guess I'm just like, where is this opinion coming from? Who Who is perpetuating this? And I guess one of the biggest things that I don't understand is why is it painted so black and white? Like, why is it you either have had too many relationships of whatever type, personal, career-based, familial, well, not familiar, uh, familial, what's the word I'm looking for? Platonic <laughs> for friends. Like it's either you have too many or you have just the right amount. Like where's the cutoff? I, I don't understand. And it's painted as if there is no middle ground. And when I look at 
the issue, if it can even be called an issue, I don't see the black and white. I see, I guess I can see the, the various shades of gray. And I guess one of those perfect examples is like friends. Friends is a good one. If you have somebody and they are, if, if they just have the most massive friend group and they don't treat any of them particularly well and they don't get treated particularly well by their friends it's like a bunch of weird casual acquaintances that you see some or that they see sometimes and tend to hang in the same circle but it's like nothing is really like sort of in depth like there there doesn't really seem to be a benefit to having those people in their lives okay maybe you would look at that and say well, you know, this person probably not a good candidate for uh, a, you know, a deep, meaningful friendship. If if that's something that I was trying to pursue with them, okay, yeah, like statistically, they don't seem to be like the person that that's going to work out with. That makes sense, and maybe they are that way for any number of reasons. It it could be anything under the sun, but. It, it, I, I feel like that's more of an extreme example. Uh, we can go to like, I think more of a common one would be like the whole uh, sexual partner conversation. If, and like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is a, a lot of it, if not the majority, is coming from men. If you look at a woman and she has had any number of sexual partners over the arbitrary number that you deem too many, what about that? makes her not as desirable or not as quote-unquote valuable which is that's a whole icky sub conversation that i just i don't have time for (laughs) right now that's a whole episode in itself but like where where is this where is this coming from and again the black and white like for for you to think that there's a cutoff somewhere and you have to decide what that number is and over how much time. Like there's these weird arbitrary numbers that you are for some reason come up coming up with. So if we look at it in the shades of gray, like, okay, this person, let's just use somebody my age. If this person's 32, if this woman is 32 and she has had five sexual partners in 32 years, is that too many? Okay. Maybe it's not. Let's say she's had seven or eight or 10, 15. Like where the fuck is the number that you have just come up with in your own head, right? That in itself just makes no sense, okay? And then going a little bit further past that, who the fuck cares? (laughs) Like, do you, does it matter? Does it really matter if this person has had a different sexual partner every year of their adult life? Like, does it actually matter? And let's just say, for the sake of argument, that it may seem like a lot. Like, I don't know what a lot is, but like, if, if, let's say she tells you, oh yeah, I've had this many this is my body count. (laughs) Like, okay. And it seems like a lot. Why does that matter to you? Where inside you is that discomfort coming from? And what's more, who are you to judge, right? Who are you to say that's too many partners or that's too many careers, right? Like, You don't know what that person needs or wants or has experienced what they've been through to get where they are. You don't know anything about them in this scenario and you're casting judgment based on the fact that they have worked at three places in five years. What if someone has this number of you know, partners or jobs or friends or hobbies or whatever, what if they have, quote unquote, a lot, 
because they are invested and committed to doing what is best for them, what is right for them. What if they have just been working towards some sort of goal, some sort of you know relationship that they want to have or some career that they want to pursue? What if this is the path that is taking them to that? Who are you to judge for them doing that, doing what is right for them? I think if if we look at like my own life, I think it's a good example of a couple of these. Like okay, we'll we'll just start with the first one. There is this idea that if your resume has, you know, like it like I said earlier, 5 years you've worked 3 jobs, that that's a bad bet, that that's a person who is just looking to, you know, get out as soon as they get in. And I wholeheartedly <laughs> disagree. Uh, it can mean that. But uh, so looking at myself, in my entire adult life, and this is no exaggeration, anybody who knows me knows that this is the case. In my entire adult life, starting with my first job up to now, I have never worked for the same company or organization or whatever for more than three years. I've never even made it to three. Where I am right now, I'm almost at three years, and this is the longest I have ever been with a certain employer. And even breaking that down, as some of you might know, I think I've discussed it previously on this podcast, I haven't even been with the same department. It's been moved around within the employer. So even as we come up on almost three years, it wasn't doing the same thing for the same people. And why has that been the case? Because I have been on a constant grind, journey, whatever, to do the best that I can for myself, to have a career that I find fulfilling and something that I can be proud of and something that pays the bills and something that allows me to save and do the things that I want to do in this life because I don't live to work. I work to live. Why would I not continue to look for the best opportunity for me? And what's more, if those opportunities aren't with your company, why in the fuck would I stay there? Honestly, the days of employer loyalty are dead. It used to be the case where you could work 30 years at a company and get a pension and a watch and a party and and feel like they did you right. That doesn't happen anymore. The number one way of furthering your career is movement. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so where somebody, whoever, I don't know, might look at my resume and say, well, why can't he stay anywhere for longer than three years? Why do most of his jobs end before the two-year mark? And some of them, many of them, uh, yeah, many of them end before the one-year mark. It's because I am going to get what I can get and particularly what I deserve in any way that I can. Not in a cutthroat way. I'm not throwing people under the bus here. But if your company, if your organization can't offer me what I think I am worth, why would I stay? It's as easy as that. Moving on from the career thing, I've had multiple romantic relationships, both casual and serious, in the last, how old am I, 32? In the last 12 years. Because for those of you who don't know, nobody wanted to date me until I was 18. <laughs> and I had the absolute worst luck with high school girls when I was in high school. <laughs> they did not like me. 
And understandably so, I think in some ways, because I was weird. <laughs> I was strange. But that's beside the point. In the last 12 years, I've had multiple serious relationships come and go, multiple casual relationships come and go, and at the end of the day, I want to know why would that make, why would that say anything negative about me? Was I seen with a new woman every week? No. Was I just totally blowing up relationships time after time with my shitty behavior? No. Those would be red flags. Those would be causes for concern. What I was doing was trying to find a relationship that worked for both of us. And nothing has changed about that one fact in 12 years. I've gone about it different ways, but that has always been what I have been trying to achieve. And I don't think that that means anything bad about me. The times where I've not been able to make it work were for different reasons, and some of them had to do with me, and some of them had to do with the other person, and that's just how it goes. That's life. That is dating. That is trying to form relationships. Sometimes that shit happens, and you move on, and you keep going. What I would never, ever do, what I will never do, and honestly, something that makes my stomach hurt thinking about it. <laughs> I will never settle for something that isn't right for me. I will never marry someone because I'm tired of being alone or think that I will never find somebody who can tolerate me. <laughs> I'm not going to. I would rather be forever alone than do that. Like, like nobody comes to my funeral. <laughs> the other option just gives me the ick, you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, what is wrong with trying to find the right person? And then if you want to talk about hobbies and friends, like, you know, those are still good examples, but I feel like I made my point. Like, if you're a jack-of-all-trades with your hobbies, be a jack-of-all-trades. You don't have to, like I said before, make it your personality, right? With all that in mind, it makes me wonder, like, who benefits from you thinking that you've had too many of whatever the thing is? Like, who is who's benefiting from making you feel lesser for having tried out different jobs or different people or different hobbies like why are you being made to feel less valuable because you're trying to pursue what's right for you just off the top of my head uh in the in the realm of jobs like who is benefiting from you feeling like you have to stay at a company for a certain amount of time the company right it's the company who's taking advantage of your hard work and sense of loyalty and then gives nothing back, who doesn't give you a raise, who will let you go as soon as times are tough. Like, that's who's benefiting from this sense of, oh, I have to stay. Uh, and then, like, uh, who's benefiting from you staying in a relationship that isn't right for you? The other person. <laughs> like, it's the abusive partner, just as an example. It's the abusive partner who gets to drain you of your energy, who gets to take what they need from you while you stay because you think that leaving and pursuing multiple other whatever relationships makes you for some reason not as good and those are just off top top of my dome do what is best for you okay like that's that's the end of it right do what makes you happy do what's right for you and don't let other people tell you that trying to get there is making you lesser. Like, that is the path to the exact opposite. 
the path to what you want, the path to the best version of you is trying and failing and trying and failing and maybe not even failing, trying and deciding that you need something else, deciding that you need to make a change. It's the trying. That's that's the journey. That's how you're going to get there. So anybody who is telling you otherwise, fuck them. I think from there we can segue real nicely into the second thing I was thinking about. Topic number two. And tying right into number one, I think that we need to be wary of quote-unquote experts labeling things for you and doing the thinking for you. Again, this was prompted by my return to social media. And really, if we want, we could call this being... (laughs) We could call this the social media episode. It's not. And I really want to do one on why it's the devil. But... (laughs) Uh, it did prompt some thoughts for me. Anyway, this idea that you can read or listen to somebody who presents themselves who presents themselves as an expert who knows, and you let them tell you what you are or how you feel, or what you should be doing. There is definitely a draw to having things made simple for you, to having things put plainly for you. And as I've said before on this podcast, I am a huge proponent of dope-ass quotations. I love when somebody smarter than me can say exactly what I want to say in a single sentence and have it be the most relevant thing that has ever applied to what I'm talking about. That is my favorite thing. (laughs) I understand that there's a draw to that sort of thing. And, you know, listening to these people, these experts, can be helpful. It can be a wonderful intro to something you may never have thought of before, to something you're struggling with to a concept that you want to uh, learn more about. It definitely can be helpful. But I would argue that it it should be these opinions, these, these ideas that are being preached should be assistance for you only. Because at the end of the day, it is you that has to do anything regarding anything, right? You have to do the work. You have to have the conversation. You have to do the thing. It's you. And if you bypass any of that, you're really not getting the same benefits of having done the 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 hard work, having done that. Some of you might hear this, might might be hearing me say this particularly and say, Justice, you're doing that very thing right now. Like, isn't that what your whole podcast is? It's just you posing as somebody who knows some things and feels like you can be helpful. You can, you know, be some sort of resource for other people. And I would say, to a certain degree, yes, you're right. Absolutely. I do not deny that at all. But I would say this. If you've listened to this podcast, any number of episodes, particularly the ones that I have done myself, where I was just speaking on a subject solo, I have said too many times to count, various versions of this this is all on you you own everything about this path that you're on if you want to grow if you want to progress if you want to improve that's all on you it's your job to go to therapy it's your job to be honest with yourself and to try and be self-aware you have to set the healthy boundaries and you have to work on respecting others boundaries. You have to be the one that does the journal. You have to have the hard conversation with your loved ones. Everything that I have been 
discussing on this podcast always comes with the call to action. Listening to this podcast is not going to be the thing that helps. It's not going to be the thing that gets you where you want to be. All this podcast is, is an intro. It is a glance into some stuff that I know works. It is a glance into some ideas that I think bear talking about. It is a, uh, a glance through the open door into my room. <laughs> Not your room. This is my stuff. And that's another thing that I have talked about on this show. Half of the reason I decided to even create your ex-boyfriend's podcast is because all of the stuff I talk about is stuff that I need to work on or I have gone through or I wanted to talk about. It's all about me. It's struggles of mine and challenges and things that I care about. It's for me. This podcast is part of my hard work. This is part of my journey, my path. And I will say that it is hard work. It was hours and hours and weeks and weeks of work to put out an episode <laughs> every week for all of 2022. This is for me. So when you think, oh, well, Justice, you're just preaching against the very thing that you do. No. Understand that that is not this. Where was I going with that? <laughs> um, yeah, just, okay, so this idea that you you can't let people do your thinking for you. You can't let people label things for you. It's all, you know, up to you. The examples that I've seen of this very clearly recently on social media is like this whole idea that there is quote-unquote masculine and feminine energy and you have to uh, embody both to be like a complete person and it doesn't matter you know if you're a man or woman or something else like there's like these different types of like biologically inherited quote-unquote energy that if you fall too much into one or the other is going to hurt you or ruin your relationships or do any number of negative things. And if that sounded very vague and wishy-washy, it's because I don't get it at all. Like it's one of the weirder concepts to, to me <laughs> because I, I just, that's a whole episode in itself. I don't understand where that's going and why it's been, put into this binary and what honestly stuns me the most is like there are some pe people out there authors or podcasters or doctors or whatever there are people out there who are pushing this idea of the masculine feminine binary in terms of energy that I really like like all of their other work i respect a lot of what they have to say but this one thing i'm just like i i don't I, where are you going with this i i mean my my biggest the the biggest thing that i don't understand and that i don't maybe necessarily agree with is the fact like this idea of it being split biologically like there are some things that are considered quote unquote masculine and some things that are considered quote unquote feminine 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 <laughs> feminine i'm pretty sure that's a rapper feminine anyway <laughs> it just it it's something that is being preached as the gospel by some of these people and whereas i might respect and value a lot of what they have to say this i am just not tracking with so the example being I'm going to look at it on my own. I'm going to try and figure that out for myself. As of right now, 
I think it's a bunch of BS. <laughs> uh, what else is out there? Oh, you know one of the one of the most prevalent examples I've actually heard, and it's everywhere right now. There's two. There's two that are just everywhere. Number one, anybody in relationship with you that does anything hurtful is because they're a narcissist. This idea of narcissism. And then the other one is, do you, it's basically, do you do anything ever as a human? Oh, you must have ADHD. And shout out to my youngest sister. (laughs) Because she is of that generation that thinks that everybody has a crippling mental illness. Everybody has autism or ADHD or is depressed or has anxiety or has multiple personalities. <laughs> and is is she does she have a point? I think maybe she does in that everybody has some undealt with issues for sure. I think everybody should take a look at themselves and you know maybe pursue hey, what can I do to improve this aspect? Like, maybe you do have ADHD. Maybe you do have autism, and you don't know it, and there are some things in your life that are pointing in that direction. Sure. But as far as social media would have you believe, everybody is a narcissist, and everybody has ADHD, and they're the only people that don't are the ones watching the video. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess where am I going with that out-of-control rant? (laughs) Um, I guess what I mean to say is that it's easier to say to yourself, I am this thing, whatever. It's easier to say that, especially when you're being told. It's nice. It's a nice feeling to be able to have a concrete idea a concrete label a concrete if you want to call it diagnosis of whatever it is that you're struggling with and to say okay i behave this way i do these things i say this i don't do that because i am this this identity is me and when i fail when i succeed it's because it's who i am and that's easy to fall into and I say it's easy because the alternative is everything we've talked about. The alternative is introspection and struggling with yourself and sitting with your own thoughts and a lot of crying. <laughs> it's a lot of grief. It's, it's why people want to be part of a community, part of a thing, part of a church, part of a group, a cult, right? It says, hey, you can be a part of this thing and we can explain the things that you struggle with and it's okay. The alternative, right, is a lot of, it's hard. And it's much easier to fall into that follower role, into that, I don't want to say subservient role, but that position of inferiority maybe, it's easier to fall into that when you're not doing the thinking and the working yourself, when you're not doing the hard shit, the stuff that you don't want to do. And I have a, a perfect example of this in my day-to-day, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen this before. When I'm at work, and for those of you who don't know, I work in um, the electrical industry. I'm an electrician. When you have a project set before you, when you have a job that needs to be done, there is a distinct difference between planning the job and doing the job. And you see this all the time in my field, and I'm sure everywhere, but you'll see people who can plan the job, who can look at what needs to be done and go through what do I need as far as materials? What tools do I need? How is this going to impact other systems that are tied to it? How many people do I need and what are 
the people that are doing this job going to be doing? What are the uh, challenges? What are the hangups that we might face that I need to prepare for? There's a difference between them and the people who show up and have that planner guy tell them, you're going to do X, Y, Z, and then go do the job. And I'm not saying that one is inferior to the other. You need the person that can plan the job, and you need the person that can do the job. And sometimes those people are the same thing. Sometimes there's no distinction between those people. And honestly, that's a really great crew. (laughs) If you're working with people that can both plan and do, that's great. That's a great environment to be in. But a lot of the times, that's not the case. And you need both. You need somebody that can do the job. You need somebody that can plan it. However, if you were to ask the person that's planning the job, can you do the job? You know, they might be rusty if they haven't touched the tools in a while. But yeah, they know how and what to do. That's not the problem. You can't always reverse it, though. If you ask the person that's doing the job, hey, can you go plan the next phase of this? Can you take over for the foreman for next week who's, you know, he's going to be on vacation? That does not happen nearly as easily. And what you see when people are asked to do that, when people are asked to step from the follower side to the leader side, you get problems. <laughs> you get just it all, all the time you see it not work out for various reasons. And where that ties into what we've been talking about, I think is at some point if you're the doer, you're if you're the follower, at some point where it applies to your life as a whole, you're going to need to step into the planning phase. You're going to have to be the planner, the leader. And if you've never done it, if you've never planned the job before, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And it's as simple as that. You may have been watching all the TikTok videos and reading all the books and having the conversations with people who seem to know. You know, you've labeled yourself this, that, and the other thing. You have, you know, come to this point where you think that you could do the things that the planner does, that the leader does. You could you could host your own TED Talk <laughs> in your head, right? You could have an Instagram account. with. You could be an influencer. And then at some point, you're going to actually have to do that hard work. You're going to have to, and in this case, it's, you know, look at yourself. Like I said before, have the hard conversations. Be self-aware. Go to therapy. Set boundaries, right? That shit that you haven't been doing, at some point, you're going to realize, oh, man, I actually have to do that. And now you start. That's the point at which you become the the foreman of the job that is your own existence as a person. And it's tough. And I guess all of that to say, start now. Like, if you have the opportunity to be the foreman of your own life, go for it. Start now. It's going to come at some point or another. And the earlier you can start, the earlier you can get through those growing pains. Uh, So, yeah, just be careful. Be wary. Don't let yourself be labeled. Don't let somebody else do the thinking for you because it's all on you. All right. That was a good rant. Uh, Moving on. Last topic that I wanted to touch on today is relatively short. But it's been on my mind and, you know, I had a hiatus of five months to think about it. So this is something that has been on my mind for a while. Number three is working on being okay without being okay. More simply put, there's going to be some times where you feel like it's not going well. Like whatever it is that you're trying to do, whoever you're trying to be, like 
you're struggling. You're not getting there. You're not making any progress. Maybe you feel like you're moving backwards. Whatever. Maybe you're trying to improve your physical health. You're trying to lose weight. Or you're trying to gain muscle or whatever. You're training for a marathon. Maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety or what, whatever, right? There's going to be times when you don't feel like it's going well and you feel shitty. And the point that I'm trying to make is you at some point have to be accepting that that is going to happen. You have to be accepting of the fact that you're going to feel shitty maybe for a while. And as somebody who has felt shitty for long stretches of time, I can tell you that it sucks. Uh, anybody who doesn't know, this is for you. And I'm guessing it's quite a few people because I don't talk about it that often. The last six months, like half a year, have been uh, rough for me just as far as health stuff. I have had multiple things come up that I've had to see numerous doctors about and I went and got a different therapist and have tried this, that, and the other thing all on my own and it has been a struggle. The last six months just happened to coincide with me not doing this podcast, which you know has definitely caused me to pause and wonder if that was part of what was going on my lack of creative outlet but that's not the point um yeah six months have been just me trying to figure out what is going on with my body and my brain because it's been both you know they're tied like we've talked about that before the, it's it's a whole system and you can't mistreat one and expect the other one to function there's been lots of anger frustration and sadness and stressing out and crying and trying new things and trying old things and talking to people who I think may have some advice, whether that's my parents or my siblings or my friends, like just all sorts of things. And it hasn't, I don't want to say it hasn't worked, but it's a process. I'm still in it. Like the process of figuring out what's going on is ongoing. And something I sp spoke with my therapist about fairly recently is this idea that that has to be something you can accept. Raging against the perceived lack of progress is normal, it's natural, but you have to move on from that at some point because there is no saying when things are going to improve. There is no saying when things are going to be back to how they used to be. Maybe they won't. Maybe they never go back to how they used to be, what you're used to. Maybe your normal moves from that to something else, you know? And where that applies to everything we like to talk about on this podcast Know that there is no such thing as done, right? You may have these times of feeling not okay. And you may move out of them. Even when you are in the best, most positive, happiest state of whatever it is that you're doing, whatever life you live, know that there is no such thing as, oh, hey, I'm done. I don't have to do this anymore. If you're trying to be healthy and happy and whole, mentally, physically, emotionally, it is a lifelong task, okay? That's a hard thing to hear. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I want to be done. <laughs> I want to not feel shitty. That's about it. I would love to not feel shitty. I would love to not be frustrated all the time and exhausted of trying. Like, it's just a bummer. And for for those who have listened to this podcast before, like, y'all know I, I've had this anxiety issue for a little over two, 
two years at this point is how, how long it's been going on. Like there were definitely times where I thought I was past dealing with it and big surprise, not the case earlier this year when it kind of reared its ugly head again, I was just so frustrated because I thought I had moved on. I thought I had moved past it and I hadn't and I didn't know what to do or why. And it was some of the most frustrated days that I have ever had. Like, just raging (laughs) so angry that I had to keep doing this and over time through you know the the work that I've been putting in with my therapist and on my own over time it's just I don't want to say normalized but it becomes one of those scenarios where you have to get used to it you have to get used to your new normal or be like the most unhappy person in the world. And I don't mean to say that getting used to it means giving up. That's not what it means. I am still actively on a daily basis doing what I think I need to be doing to make myself, you know, feel better. (laughs) I'm still going to therapy, still, still going to the doctor like multiple doctors i've got doctor's appointments lined up for this coming month (laughs) like at the end of this month it's it's ongoing but also two things i think are important one understanding that this is just how it is right now and working to live life in a fulfilling way within the parameters that, you know, currently exist. The other thing I think is really important is being the most grateful for when, for the times I do feel good, for the days that I find myself able to relax and enjoy the things that I enjoy and be with the people I want to be with. Be grateful for those without expecting them to continue. Because as I have found out, they don't. They're not going to last. And that sounds so dire, right? That's that just sounds so depressing. But isn't that you know just the microcosm of life, right? Isn't that just the the one little example for life as a whole the good doesn't last and it is the bad times that allow you to appreciate the good so that is something i I work at on a daily basis particularly those good days is being appreciative and grateful and taking them for what they're worth and understanding that they'll go, they'll go away at some point, and then they'll come back. And that's just how it goes. On that note, I think we'll wrap it up. So, again, I want to thank everybody for coming back to episode 53. I appreciate all of you out there listening, and I hope that you'll come back in two weeks for episode 54. If you want to reach me, your ex-boyfriend's podcast has two ways of doing that. You can email me at your exbf podcast, no caps, no spaces, at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at your underscore exbf underscore podcast. And on Instagram, I post with every new episode. So if that's how you want to follow me and keep up to date, that's a great way to do it. Uh, what's the one last thing I wanted to say? (laughs) Um, oh yeah, again, please don't harass people who come on my podcast and, um, that'd be great. Thank you. If you want to be a guest, please reach out. If you have any comments, concerns, whatever, I will get back to whoever. I 
respond to everybody. So let me know. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. And I will see you in two weeks. Bye.